0: You can read and you can understand and you can interpret for yourself what scripture says. Um, Art and I, we've said it before and we'll say it again, we will never ever knowingly say anything or teach anything that's in error. But we're human. Yeah, I need to turn it on. Oh, you got it on. Thank you, (coughs) baby. So... So I'm going to wade off in some deep stuff today. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Unlike preachers that can pick and choose what they want to do, when we're teaching and we're going verse by verse, we don't have that choice. If it's hard, we're going to have to we're going to have to hit it. That's been our approach, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to go to some scripture this morning. That's uh, it's maybe a little controversial for baptists in particular but so let's start here in the 13th verse of the second chapter of second Thessalonians and we'll read through chapter 3 verse 5 and then we'll come back and go from there i'm reading from the new american standard and and we'll go from there verse 13 but you should always give thanks to God for you for you excuse me but we should always give thanks to god for you brethren beloved of the lord because god has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and faith in truth it was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our lord jesus christ so then brethren stand firm and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by the word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort, strengthen your hearts in every uh, work and word. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did also with you, and that we will be rescued from the perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that we are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Well, we just got through Paul talked about end times and we've talked about the gathering which we call the rapture of the church and his coming back the second time as we said uh, last, uh, last uh, week, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's going totally in a different subject, in a different thing. And it too is a kind of a mystery. You, now we've said that uh, First Thessalonians was written about 50 AD, Uh, Galatians was written maybe a year before. But it was the early things that Paul wrote. And then later on, he added to and added to. And just like John, when John um, wrote uh, after the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, and then John, as an old man, wrote the Gospel of John, as we've talked about, and then wrote the Epistles they build on one another. So in this particular case, let's begin with verse 13 again. And, and, and Paul... Um, well, I'll just read it. <laughs> but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in truth. If you're reading the New American Standard, if you're reading the NIV, if you're reading the New Living, uh, excuse me, the New King James, they all say um, chosen of God from the beginning. Uh, the ESV says chosen as first fruits, which is the same thing, you know. So this thing of chosen from the beginning for salvation through sanctification. We have, we have taught in here, Art and I have taught about Calvinism and its ugly sister or, or the other part of it, uh, Arminianism, you know. And, and, and as typical Baptists, we got a foot in both camps. You know, we've got, we've got some reform theology and then we've got whosoever will theology. And, and that's, that's kind of contrary to some Baptist teaching because the reform movement has really, really in some cases, really, really strong. Our Presbyterian friends um, hold that position And they've been, through the years, very effective. But as of late, because of a lot of things um, that are going on in their denomination, they're not very outgoing. (laughs) And um, Velta's dad was a hard-shelled Baptist. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say hard-shelled Baptist? That um, you, you can't do anything to be saved. God can do it all by himself. And so we don't do Sunday school and we don't send missionaries and that kind of thing, which is foreign to what we as Southern Baptists believe, believe and teach. Chosen before the foundation of the world. We're chosen. Well, I want to unpack that a little bit this morning and 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 see where we can go. Now, you know that I'm a, I'm a disciple, so to speak, of Chuck Swindoll. And, and, and I, I read it, and I, I identify with Chuck. But he pulled a preacher thing. He says absolutely nothing about verses 13, 14, and 15. He talks about suffering. And I, I kept I kept reading, I said, Yeah, that's not what I see in my Bible, you know. So so you you're smart people, so you think too, you know, and let's see what we can do here. All right, verse thirteen, for God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith and truth. Now when we talked about in First Thessalonians, we talked about sanctification. And we said it starts at salvation, and at salvation, and then we grow more Christ-like. That's, the, that's where we should be doing. That's what we should, we, where we're we going. So Paul is saying here we're chosen from the beginning for salvation through sanctification. Okay, chosen from the beginning. All right. Turn with me, uh, we're going to run some scripture here, um, to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. It's one of my favorite, and it's got a lot to say, Psalms 139. We went through this when we went through Psalms last time. Uh, last, well, we just left Psalms, and we came to Thessalonians, but Psalms 139, and let's do some reading there. Everybody with me? Okay. Verse one: "O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there was a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have disclosed me behind and before and laid your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even um, there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are alike to you. If you have a note at the top of Psalms 139, it might say something like, omnipresence and omniscience. You have searched me and you know me. So God knows us. If we continued to reading in verse 13 of this same chapter, he says that you form my in, inmost part in my mother's womb, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So God knows us. He knows us from the very beginning. He knows us before we were in the beginning. Okay. All right. Um, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. G-E, Galatians, Ephesians Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Now Paul uses... Well, you'll know it when we get there. Let's look at the beginning, chapter 1, verse 3. Now Paul wrote Ephesians about 62 A.D., according to the scholars. So he wrote it 10 years after he wrote 1 Thessalonians. So he's maybe filling in the blanks here some. Verse 3, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him Before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him, in love. In love, He predestined. That's the word that we run from sometimes, as Baptist. All right, He predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind. Intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the kind intention. Which he purposed in him, and with a view to administration suitable for the fullness of the times, that is, summing up all things in Christ, things in heaven, things on earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. To the end, that we were first, excuse me, we were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Turn to chapter 2 of Ephesians and let's look at verse 1. As you were dead in trespasses and sin, it was formed in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that's now working in the son of disobedience, among we two all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgression, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised, up, raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared before, so we would walk in them. In Genesis 1, verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image. And he goes on to say, he did. He did. Go to 1 Peter 1. Now, if you go to Hebrews, you're going to... You're gone. You need to keep going. (laughs) Hebrews uh, after James, First Peter, First Peter one. To all these who reside, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father. Okay. Now go to John. Gospel of John, chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If your Bible's Uh, I hadn't found it yet, but <laughs> yes, I mean <laughs> <Did you>? verse <laughs> verse forty-four, John six, verse forty-four. Uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, let's look at verse forty-three. Um, look at verse forty-one. Therefore, the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, "I'm the bread that came down from heaven." They were saying, this, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them and, say, and said to them, do not grumble among yourselves. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the father, father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up. On the last day. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Back to first second Thessalonians. Let's see if we can put all this together. But verse thirteen. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, because by the Lord, excuse me, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification and the spirit and faith in truth. Okay, Jesus, in the beginning, Genesis chapter one, verse 26, let us make man in our own image. Then in Psalms 139, he says, I know you. I know you when you're sitting down. I know you when you're standing up. I know all about you. I was there when you were conceived. I know you. I know you. Ephesians tells us that we were predestined for this place. We were chosen, as as he says in Thessalonians. We were sinners. We were ungodly. We were lost. And yet in God's providence... He saved us. Peter tells us because of God's foreknowledge, he knew you were coming to him. He knew that you were going to be saved. Now, it's heavy stuff for us to wrap our little finite minds around that the God of the universe can choose you but there's an element that you have to do. There's something you must do. No man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. But you can say no. You can say no. Now, I've, I've, I've taken some stuff from the Bible Knowledge Commentary. It's Victor Books. It's another resource I have. um, And I've kind of cobbled it together here. But this is what he says about Ephesians 4, uh, 1, that we just read. He said, Before creation of the world, Through the threefold work of the Trinity, and that goes back to Genesis chapter 1 we talked about. The idea is the spiritual blessings. Believers are on the basis of the work of the Trinity. The Trinity is involved in your salvation. God blessed believers because of the Father's electing the sun's dying, and the spirit sealing. Spiritual b- b- blessings begin and are based on the election he chose us. The election of God is sovereign work of choosing some to believe. Now, when we talked about, when we talked about s- sanctification... I think I said something to this effect, that that was a mystery to us and not understood about salvation. The writer here says, he says, the election of God is sovereign work of choosing some to believe. Salvation is God's work, not man, but through the act of grace based on his will, A person is responsible to believe. You with me? There came a time in your place, in your life, when you had to say yes to Jesus. All the groundwork was done. You might have been raised in the Christian family. Your mom and daddy taught you, led you, brought you to church, involved you, and the ground was fertile. What did Jesus say about the seed that planted was planted by the wayside in the thorns and thistles and on the good ground? If you were grown up in a Christian home, you had good ground. But you had to come to a place in your life by yourself and say yes to Jesus. If you didn't, If you're expecting mama and daddy and grandma and granddaddy, that don't cut it. As we've often said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children. He has children. So you have to believe. God chose you to be safe through your belief in him. This is the fear of the sphere of election. The time of election is in eternity past. The purpose of election is that the believers will be holy and blameless in his sight. He goes on to say that the ultimate goal of God's election is that believers will be to the praise of his glorious grace. Back to our Presbyterian friends. What's the first point in the Westminster Confession? What is your purpose? To glorify God. Say it, Jane. To glorify God. To glorify God. That's When we're (laughs) saved, that's our only job is to glorify God. Okay. So... Verse 14 of 2 of, uh, Thessalonians, for, for this he called you through our gospel, that you may gain the glory of the Lord Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or my mouth or by letter from us. Okay. We'll get into the rest of chapter three here in just a minute, hopefully. I don't know if we will know No, we won't. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> what, I'm, what I'm trying to, to get to you today, that Scripture teaches that from the beginning of time, God knew who you were. He made you like you are. You are unique. And he knew. Because. Of where you came from. The seed was planted. And you. Are in the kingdom. Because you said yes. To his perfect. Good work. Now. Let's pause for station identification. Um, have I confused you? No. Yes. <laughs> do you do you understand what was being said here? What what Paul said here and what he said in Ephesians uh, that that we are chosen people. Not to sit on our hands, but for good works. We weren't. We once were lost, but we were on fertile soil, and we said yes to His finished work. Are we okay with that? Okay. So predestined is not an ugly word, and yet Baptists have run from it. I think you can you understand what we're saying, but. But God, in his infinite wisdom, knew years, well, from our very, very beginning, what was going to happen. And Peter says it real, real clearly, because of his foreknowledge, he knew. Now, when you listen to some people that are really deep in the reform movement, they discount foreknowledge, but... Scripture says it. <laughs> and, and how many times does he have to say it in Scripture to be true? One time. One time. Okay, we'll, we'll, pick, up, we'll pick up in the rest of chapter 3 and then do the, the other um, next, next week. And uh, maybe we've gone through Ephesians, but maybe it's time to do it again, Arthur. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, where we're we going, but we're we're going to the minor prophets, and we'll talk about that uh, next week as as we start. Okay, uh, let me pray, and we'll be this we'll be this.